Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Affordability, uh, one could argue, remains issue number one for Canadians as well. So it wasn't too surprising today in the news that Premier David Eby is calling on the Bank of Canada to halt further interest rate hikes. He sent a letter to the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem urging him to consider the human impact of rate hikes. Now, the Bank of Canada is set to make another interest rate decision next Wednesday. Now, it's important to remind ourselves that we've had 10 rate hikes, 10 hikes since March of 2022. Here is Premier Eby from this morning. I think it is critically important to go on the record as the Premier of British Columbia to point out to the Bank of Canada that Statistics Canada is saying that the biggest driver of inflation in our country right now is rising mortgage rates, it's rising mortgage costs. And to point out the reality that we see on the ground in British Columbia that the biggest increasing costs many families face, aside from childcare, which we're talking about today, is housing. And what we're seeing the impact of these increasing rates in terms of bringing on new housing is that rental housing projects are being put on hold. That was uh, Premier Eby speaking on the issue earlier today. Well, joining us now to talk a little bit about the letter to Tiff Macklin is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Richard, welcome. Jazz, thanks for having me. So walk me through this. I mean, what impact? Generally, when, when you talk about politicians in the Bank of Canada, the rule is don't meddle, uh, don't be viewed as trying to pressure uh, the Bank of Canada. Yet here we have a premier of a province sending a letter. I mean, number one, will this have any impact or is this sort of political performance art? Yeah, so there's a few different things here. First off, I think the consensus is that it is political performance art. But it's also a demonstration about the importance of this issue. It's also important to note that Reuters has just published an article speaking to economists from across the country, and a vast majority of them do not believe that next week when the Bank of Canada makes an announcement, they will be announcing another rate hike. It's based on what they're seeing in the economy and the current conditions. The fact that, as you mentioned, those 10 increases already since last March seem to being having some effect already on inflation, that we're starting to see the market correct itself in some ways. It's also really important to note that the letter outlines a bunch of things around housing and the impact on mortgages and the impact that interest rates have on builders. None of that is in the mandate of the Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada's one mandate here is to tackle the issue of inflation, Mm -hmm. and they use their rate hikes in order to do that. So all of that being said, is it good policy to send a letter to the Bank of Canada? Probably not. Is it good politics? Absolutely. Sends a message. It has us talking. It sends a message to British Columbians that the premier is acutely aware that this cost of living issue is the one that matters the most to people. And he wants to be seen as doing everything he can Mm -hmm. uh, to put pressure on Ottawa, be it the prime minister, be it the Bank of Canada, not to touch those rates because it's having a, a disjointed impact on B.C. because of, you know, the pressure on our uh, ongoing 
you know, on our housing market and the ongoing housing crisis we have here. I, I mean, that's a legitimate point. When you look at some of these high rises to, that, that that need to be built, uh, townhouse complexes, yeah. they need a long runway in regards to planning, in regards to zoning, in regards to just going through City Hall. And if everything is on hold, and it, from what I've been hearing, a lot of these companies, larger companies, just put things on hold and say, look, when things get a little bit better, when the first cut comes in the interest rates, perhaps we'll start working or starting working towards another project. But many people are just sitting on their hands right now. And by, I mean, developers there, n- nothing's going to get built for two or three years if, if, if we continue this journey that we're on. Uh, and I guess that would be concerning to the premier who also wants to see housing getting built. Yeah, it's a nasty cycle here as well. You get stuck in rentals. There aren't enough rentals. You start paying more rent. You can't save enough money for a down payment for a house. When you get that down payment, the mortgage rates are higher. You know, all of this cycle starts pushing people down further and further. And that's, you know, that brunt of cost of living. So there is validity there that in the private marketplace where we rely so heavily on private companies to build rentals that they are going to be making decisions based on you know what they see with interest rates the other side of that though jazz is that we could see a provincial government or a federal government um spending at a time where rates are high and yes they're spending our money but that's one of the arguments as well we're hearing from economists and policy leaders that you know we need to see more leadership uh from the federal government and the provincial government to spend more money to build these purpose-built rentals to start breaking people out of those cycles. So it's a combination effect here. We know that uh, higher rates means fewer private corporations are going to make that investment, like you said. You know, they're looking five years down the road. They need stability to know that they're not going to have out-of-control costs when they build these things. But there's also an argument that one of the things that could be done at a government level is spend, 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 spend your capital money, build these properties as best you can to try to alleviate some of that real intense pressure that we are feeling uh, on the housing market right now. How much of this do you think is worry on Mr. Eby's part and, and, and the NDP? You think, look, we're going to get the blowback, even though this is federal policy, number one. We got, we're a year away from election. Affordability is issue number one. And people are just really angry, ornery. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Oliver Anthony's uh, breakout hit, Richmond, North of Richmond. There's people just angry at the political class. I mean, there must be some worry, uh, not that they're not leading in the polls, and I understand, that, of course, the NDPR, but uh, there has to be some worry that this kind of stuff starts impacting them or, and starts sticking to them as well. You know, we both know there are people uh, inside government who are watching very closely the sentiment of the electorates, and they saw a municipal election last fall where voters came out and said, we want change. We don't care if it's left or right or middle. We just want change. We saw an unprecedented number of incumbent mayors lose. We're also seeing polls at the federal level that show that people want change. They're sick of Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, and they're considering that change, at least what they tell pollsters you know, on the internet or over the phone. The anomaly seems to be the provincial NDP who are riding high in the polls, even though there seems to be that public sentiment. And I think everybody in that inner circle knows that things can change pretty quickly, Jazz. So mm-hmm. yes, There is a part here where David Eby and his team are saying, we need to make it clear to British Columbians that we know that this is a pressure point. We know cost of living uh, is challenging and we're going to do what we can to address it. I, I firmly believe that this government wants to build more housing, wants to allow young families to get into a housing market that is unlike any other in this country, based on the fact that we have basically... Uh, no vacancy for rentals, 
housing prices that have gone to the point where most uh, two-family income families can't even afford to get into the market. And then on top of that, you have the issue you mentioned before, which is this huge surge of people moving into this province, be it international students, being permanent residents. That massive influx in immigration is putting unprecedented pressure on housing and the need for housing. All of those things combined are making it hard for government. Mm-hmm. And I think EB is acutely aware of that is trying to pull levers where he can you know, considering all of the other things that are happening in that orbit. Yeah, which which I think is fine. But the reality is the, the federal government got out of the housing business uh, in the 70s and 80s, and we're still paying for that. I mean, the stark number yeah. for me, I think, is in the early 1970s, we built about 220, 230,000 homes in this country. We still haven't hit that number now in 2023. Because of labor challenges, because of a variety of reasons, we still cannot hit the number from the early 1970s in regards to homes being built in this country. And I think at one time we peaked at about 23 or 24% where the federal government is actually involved in the building of, of, of affordable housing and they're not there. So to think that this is going to turn around in a month or a year or two when we've been away from this for a de- few decades when it comes to the federal government, it's not going to change. And I can understand why Mr. Eby at the provincial level level is, is very concerned uh, and, and I totally understand that. Richard, thanks for your time, my friend. And briefly, Jez, that expectation has changed. The public wants governments to build housing now. Yes. It used to be health care is the number one issue. Now it's we want you to build housing and governments better respond to that. Thanks, Jess.